Hello, welcome back to another episode of Your Girl Says with your host Tonya Bailey. And today, Your Girl Says Surviving Corona in Paradise. Okay, guys, I know it's been a while. I've been at uni, but I'm back now. You know, we're all on lockdown because of this corona if you're living in the UK. Um, today, this episode will. I'll be like divulging into how the Caribbean, specifically the different islands, um, not all of them, unfortunately, but um, a li- quite a good range of them have been hit by the coronavirus and how they're dealing with it. Because I think it's really important that some coverage is, you know, f- featured about them because all we're hearing about is like the Western, you know, side of the world at the moment. So that's what I'll be talking about. So please sit back and enjoy. It shouldn't be too long. Okay, so let's get started. And if you're new here, I tend to start off my um, some of a majority of my episodes with a quote from my favourite authors today. The quote is from James Baldwin. He's an American novelist. And the quote is, anyone who has ever struggled with poverty knows how extremely expensive it is to be poor. Now, I'm going to divulge a little bit into that. And for me, what I get from that, it just means that those who aren't in a, who are not in a position of wealth uh aware of like the cost of living much more than those who are affluent and much more to those who are wealthy they're more aware of the cost of living and how actually expensive it is day to day now i said i use this quote because i think it's it's imperative especially with what we're going to talk about if i was going to talk about um the coronavirus experience in england or in the the UK for the US sorry for example I probably wouldn't have used this quote but because I'm talking about it in the Caribbean and not to say that the Caribbean is associated with um with poor or um not as being as affluent but I think it's important to realize the difference in resources that's available in the Caribbean so in the different islands in the Caribbean they are not afforded the um, they are not exposed to all of the uh, facilities that we are here in the UK or in the US. So that's just a disclaimer so that everyone's aware of that. That's kind of where I was going. Because, say, for us in the UK and the US, we will look at their situation differently because we're afforded the facilities, whereas them being in the situation can give a more um, accurate depiction of what they're actually dealing through and going with so me being in the UK and speaking on this I can only I can only say so much so yeah that's my disclaimer so um if you're living under a rock and you don't really know what the coronavirus is which is very hard to believe um the coronavirus is a a disease it's a respiratory disease Uh, I believe it's airborne um I think it was around I know a lot of uh, governments will like dispute this but i think it was around in um late january of this year and obviously it spread uh first in wuhan china from the uh, outside markets that they had with um you know d- various different foods and i think you know um the diseases first spread with animals and then you know within the food when the uh inhabitants of wuhan ate them and you know it spread rapidly across the world so more specifically the caribbean the reason why i want to speak on it so much and the um the three things i think i'm going to speak about in the caribbean is um the economy and how they are going to deal with this pandemic because that's what it is it's a pandemic also um the general health facilities in the caribbean and overall like the everyday day-to-day life and the aftermath and what that's actually gonna look like 
And I can only say this is my assumption, but if I'm going to try and make an educated guess, that's what I will do. So those are the three topics that I will be covering today. Okay, so if you hear me making noise, it's because I'm flicking through my notes. But uh, my title data, the coronavirus in paradise, which because people often refer to the Caribbean as paradise. Um, so because the news, so many news outlets are focusing on um, the southern hemisphere, I think it's important for us, um, us um, people that are from the Caribbean that are disenfranchised, may it be because of uh, distance or because obviously we no longer live there, but we travel back and forth quite regularly. It's important for us to stay connected in that way. So that's why I thought it's really important for me to shed this piece of information. So um, even though the cases are a lot lower than they are, are in, um, for example, the UK or the US, um, the resources are much more scarce in the in the islands so i think that's really important um the caribbean islands as a collective um there are 44 million that's that's the makeup of the population of all the caribbean islands altogether so this first topic i'm going to talk about is the economy now a lot of the um economy in the caribbean is based and it grows 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 but grows based on the tourism uh the ability to of local produce and um exports so with that being said the coronavirus means that a lot of people cannot be going to work especially if their work is heavily um skin to skin contact all these sorts of things because that is how the coronavirus spreads not even just skin to skin skin um contact but also just proxim proximity to other people so with that being said, if you're not able to go into work, that means you're not able to uh, say if you were working on ships, if you're working in airports, all these things because of the coronavirus, the various Caribbean um, prime ministers and leaders have decided to close their borders, close their borders and close their sea, their ports, all these sort of things. Now, what this means is that not only are those government workers and officials out of work, because of said um, pandemic and lockdown, lockdown hours, that also means that the income and the economy is, the income is decreased ridiculously and that the economy is suffering because of this. Now, um, a lot of islands waited to close down their borders and I believe it's for, for that specific reason. Um, I can speak firsthand on St Vincent. St Vincent and the Grenadines kind of waited to the last minute to close their borders but the thing is um us over here in the uk and the us were already being told that you know flying was just not going to happen it was not going to be a thing so we were kind of aware that okay all our our holidays are going to be cancelled so that's one thing also let's talk about exports uh trump was recently in the news for uh, stopping a lot of uh, ships and you know ca capturing them or whatever from transfer so all in all trump was kind of preventing from uh various resources going to the caribbean and his excuse was because um he wanted to stop the import and export of drugs and um sexual trafficking and all of this but really and truly when it comes to trump we all know the deal um i say that to uh say that it's important that we really look at uh, how these islands essentially are going to suffer in 
may it be in a small way or in a large way because if they are cut off from uh being able to export and import uh, different things that means their resources are now limited to um literally their natural resources what's right around them whether it be their um their natural uh the, the water that surrounds the islands whether it be the um the medical officials that are on mainland or on you know the other smaller keys and islands making up the the bigger islands when you're cut off from certain resources it means that you now have to start thinking on your feet and how to how to uh work around it and that's going to be especially hard for these caribbean islands especially the smaller ones with um not many resources to them so i think overall the economy will suffer tremendously because if you cut out tourism you cut out the ability to export and and even import certain things not only are the inhabitants of the islands going to suffer because they're not able to get certain things but they're also going to be suffer because they're not able to get certain things which they need for example respiratory um respiratory uh machines they're not going to be able to get those However, the really good thing is that the islands are relatively close to one another. So, for example, in St. Vincent, I know they got a lot of... um, They got a lot of resources from Cuba. Because I think they have quite a good relationship with Cuba. So I think that's what they have done. But I am aware that um, in a lot of the keys in St. Vincent, for example... um, they don't have a lot of water because obviously them a lot of their water is sourced from the main island. So that ability to, you know, go on the ship, get the water, bring it back, that's kind of uh, limited at the moment because of coronavirus. And the reason why I'm kind of speaking heavily on St. Vincent is because I am of um, Vincentian um, background, etc. But also um, I want to speak about places like Haiti and D- the Dominican Republic. Whereas Dominican Republic obviously has one of the like fastest growing economies in in the Caribbean. But during this coronavirus, that has fell dramatically due to the fact that they're not able to um, boost their economy using tourism because a lot of borders and seaports are closed. Like I said, so no cruise ships, no planes, all of that sort of thing. So I think when we look at our families back home or we it's 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 important to realize that they might even though they're not suffering in the terms of like the actual cases the actual deaths they're suffering more on a an ability to maintain everyday life and maintain some sort of normalcy so i think that's really important to think about okay so now i'm going to talk more about the uh, healthcare system so again this is gonna be another dis- disclaimer i can only speak uh when i'm speaking more um from my own experience say for example with saint vincent and then anything else that i say about any other countries will be directly from a source and today i think my source is from the miami herald so that's where a lot of my sources are from if you wanted to know and you want to check out the articles for yourself that's where it is um so specifically speaking about st vincent and the healthcare system it's renowned for not being very good that's i'm just gonna put it right there and they have a history of um having doctors and nurses come in from different places be it cuba be it uh panama be it um loads of different south american islands um 
The issue with this is a lot of the time these doctors and nurses don't go through um, a lot of the screening, a lot of the uh, security and, you know, CRBs that they should do and end up treating mistreating people they end up not really caring much about their um their their patients i mean screw the hippocratic oath they literally just come and i'm speaking quite plainly now they literally just come and just it's a it's a money business really and truly it's specific and i'm saying again it's specifically for st vincent they really do take advantage of the patients they don't really look out for the best interest of the uh the, the patients and i'm speaking I'm not saying all of them, but I'm saying a lot of them and a lot of the stories that I've heard growing up, especially I'm aware that they don't really it's not about saving patients. It's not about keeping their health um, up to scratch. It's more so about um, how much money can I get out of you? I'm going to charge you for taking a test. I'm going to charge you if you want to see the test results. And I'm also going to charge you for any medication as well as, you know, we're quite lucky here in the UK with um, free healthcare. The NHS is absolutely great. And I will never again complain about wait in the wait being in a waiting room or anything like that, because we could have we could have it worse. We could be in America where we have to pay out of our nose and ears for just getting a checkup or we could have it even worse than that and then be in a lot of uh, for example caribbean islands where they're literally paying through the nose even though a lot of the time they just don't have it so now with this coronavirus the issue is a lot of um islands like i said don't have the facilities but i'm going to be a bit more positive now and actually come with some facts so I'll just do the breakdown of like how many cases, deaths and, you know, tests that they've been doing in various islands. For for example, so St. Lucia, um, since the, I believe it was the 11th of April, went on from that two weeks without registering any new coronavirus um, cases. Now, I don't know if that's because of lagging time, you know, or the media or just the government keeping that all under measures. But I think that's something to really definitely look at. Um, also, let's talk about Belize. Belize ha- at the moment has 18 cases with two recovered. Also, for example, Barbados has 75 cases, five deaths and 1,098 tests since February the 11th. They've also been getting testing kits from the Cayman Islands, which is really good. And let's talk about Jamaica. Jamaica has 252 cases as of now and six deaths. So you're probably asking, okay, what have the health ministers in the government, what have they... um, What's their response to this? So a lot of Caribbean islands and all of them that I've mentioned have um, done a lockdown. So may that be between specific hours. For example, Jamaica at the moment is from 6pm to 6am. I know St Vincent's also from, I think it's 6am to to 9pm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Barbados has initiated alcohol ban. So right now during lockdown, there is no alcohol being sold on the island at all which I think it's just to battle any sort of, you know, health issues associated with alcohol, which would probably worsen, you know, your coronavirus if you do have any symptoms, etc. Now, I'm going to talk about... Uh, oh, yeah, and then St. Vincent has 13 cases, no deaths, and Ralph is seeking help from Cuba and um, specifically the capital Havana nurses and doctors as per usual. Now, I'm going to speak more on the Dominican Republic... 
um, who shares the island of Hispaniola with Haiti, they have at the moment the largest number of cases, um, chartering at 5,300 cases. Um, almost, no, yeah, the large number of deaths is 260 deaths and 18,261 tests being administrated. Now, it is probable to assume that the reason why the Dominican Republic has so many cases is perhaps the uh the fact that they sh- not only share an island with Haiti and as we know Haiti has been dealing with an outbreak of cholera and such diseases and the capacity of such an island has the inhabitants of so many people so that is probably the reason for the high cases not necessarily because they're any uh, cleaner or any um, less precautious it's just the fact that their population is quite high so that is probable probably why because cases tend to spread um, when you're closer in proxemics to people Okay, so I think another thing to talk about when it comes to health in the Caribbean is to really strictly enforce these um, these health these health provisions. So if the lockdown says from six pm to six am, you try your best not to leave your house from six pm to six am. Now I read something online. It was quite funny. Um, Fifty minutes, uh, where the PM of Saint Martin said. If you don't have bread, eat cereal. So the reason why I say this is funny is because it's kind of like if someone doesn't have bread, what does what makes you assume that they're going to have cereal? And it's it's kind of it's ignorance in a way because the food security due to the the pandemic and the physical separation is a real issue in, in Caribbean communities. So now that you can't really go out and go to the marketplace, which is usually that has a, quite a lot of people, you can't go to the supermarkets often. I don't yet know if they have um procedures in place in measure in places like how we have to like line up and only one person goes i don't know that yet but i do know that the the everyday going going around in the caribbean there is just a lot of people around you a lot of the time for example in saint vincent when you take public transport you're on a van that holds probably 20 people to a time just to get to town so even if all those 20 people aren't going together like they aren't they aren't from one family they're all from different families there's probably one person from each family going to town and trying to get their weekly shopping because not everybody drives so that's another thing to think about so you have all these people going on the vans or going in their cars to get food from market or get food from the supermarket and then i don't know if they have the same issue that we have now that there's no flour there's no toilet paper there's no there's no bread there's no rice and we know that in the caribbean for example in saint vincent jamaica um haiti dominica and saint lucia all these and barbados a lot of the diet the diet is made up of starch so rice flour um chicken fish all these sort of things that are just scarce at the moment so that's really important to think about and i think it was really insensitive of the pm to say that if you don't have bread eat cereal uh cereal is much more expensive in the caribbean than bread that's just a fact okay also i think it's really important that schools and school any kind of institution schools hospitals the government the new like any sort of institution should really reinforce and businesses alike even if you're a business owner in the caribbean you should really enforce the um, health procedures so wash your hands um proxemics to other people keep 
as far as possible. Social distancing is so important. And yeah, I think that should really be enforced because people are still walking around and people are still even working in the healthcare without the proper like cover-ups, the proper gloves, you know, all that sort of thing. So it's really important to reinforce that, I think. But as far as health goes, I think the fact that um, the islands as a whole they have been, um, the number of cases have been decreasing slowly. So I think that's really, that's a really good thing to focus on when it comes to healthcare in the Caribbean covering the coronavirus. Okay, and lastly, I'm going to talk about the aftermath of the coronavirus. Now, like I talked about previously, the economy. Whilst we will be able to, you know, open up shop and um you know get back on get back on the grind go back to work everything the economy will boost with you know mid-season sales all these sort of things you know uh free delivery all these different like things that businesses are going to do so that they can boast boost their their um their income and you know get the economy back to where it was the the Caribbean is going to have lagging time when it comes back to building their economy. And this is because it's very unlikely that we are going to want to, for example, those of us that are, were born there and want to go back or those of us that go on holiday quite regularly, it's very unlikely that we're going to even have the time to go back to, I mean, to go back to the Caribbean or even go on holiday, for example, because we would have obviously spent months without working we need to get that money up again and it's just not probable so therefore if we link back to the fact that tourism is a big thing in the caribbean and a big part of their economy if they're not getting any uh, foreigners come in no one's going to want to go on a cruise or on a holiday just after a pandemic so that's a big that is a big issue that i feel like the governments in the caribbean really need to look at and say oh my goodness how are we going to rebuild our economy because it won't be for months until people go start going back on holiday now also it's important to realize that say lockdown finishes in uh june june the first till november 30th is hurricane season and usually obviously the caribbean is um Caribbean islands are stocked up on uh, water, all these different, you know, water, food, all these different um, resources for hurricanes. But if we've just had a pandemic, you know, it's it's going to be a bit more difficult. So if a hurricane hits, they're also going to need to be prepared for that. And without the various materials, months without exports and in- exports and imports, it's very difficult to see how some islands, not all of them, but some islands are going to survive certain if a hurricane hits again. Because I know a lot of islands are still recovering from Hurricane Irma and Maria. Um, so lastly, on recovering, I think it's also important to talk about the months that children are missing out on school. And people missing out on work and all these sort of things. School and education, obviously, is essential. And it's probably really hard to keep children motivated in this time during coronavirus so i think that's all those are all things to consider those are all things to consider in the aftermath and how different caribbean islands are going to deal with coronavirus i say this to say that i hope that everyone stays in their houses only leave for essential things Um, and if you are a key worker over there in the caribbean i mean 
I can't even imagine, but you know, keep doing what you're doing and just be safe and that know that we're all thinking about you. And thank you for tuning in to this um episode. I will be back regularly, hopefully now. <laughs> but you know, with this time we can never really tell. So thank you. And your girl says good night. <laughs>